Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. As the fate of pennies goes, you turned up the other day half buried next to a 7-Up bottle cap and a ruined pack of matches from the El Vado Motel, a vintage Lincoln scolding me. I fell out in 1983 out of that pocket you never mended, just allowing your change to fall all over the place. Disc. I retrieved you, never thinking that maybe there's no luck left in a tarnished penny from 1977, the year Elvis died father left, and I learned to disappear. This is G.P. Gottlieb, host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. And today I'm talking to Cynthia Sylvester about her debut story collection, The Half-White Album. Stories of Dine, commonly known as Navajo, culture and memory, told by different characters at different times, but mostly focused on the 1970s. Each story is supported by one of the songs covered by the group, the covers. A mother recalling her daughter running away from the missionary school. A daughter remembering when her mother was healthy. Characters suffer or are healed. They dream of hope or they leave home. They sneak into cemeteries or bury things outside. And the stories describe hope, frustration, or acceptance. Hi, Cynthia. Thanks for joining me today. Hello. I'm glad to be here. So what was the first story you wrote in this collection? And how did you come to turn it into a book? Well, this this collection took quite a while. This is a well over a decade of, of work. Um, and as I recall, the very first story is what is now called Pineywood Hills. Um, it was originally called We Wander. And it was written because I had moved back from North Carolina where I moved for about 13 years back home here to Albuquerque. And I was sort of missing um, their very um, interesting terms that they would use oftentimes, um, some slang and so forth. And I just loved it. And so the story was really written so that I could remember uh, the way they talked. Wow, that's <laughs> um, so interesting. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So, the, sections, um, the sections are divided into songs on an album. Can you talk about the title and how you came up with the different sections? Yeah, well, uh, one of the first stories I wrote for this was called Wild Horses. And of course, that was actually named after a song by uh, the Rolling Stones. And it's the last story in the book. And how the book ended up being so right away, you know, when I realized that I had music as a huge influence for me, I guess some people have movies or poems or sculptures or paintings. For me, music is something that just it makes me think of certain times. It creates atmosphere. So, and I'm half, you know, half Diné and half Anglo. 
So the stories were kind of revolving around some of those issues or or topics. And so the Half White Album is what I came up with because, of course, the Beatles, the White Album, um, a classic album. Ah. <laughs> so the White Album is, um, you know, I thought would be um, a great way to to place it. And the, and how how it became structured af- like the way it is, is that it was actually originally structured after a very old ceremony. And um, once the book was put into place the way I've I've done it, um, that kind of guided me as to where to put these pieces that I'd written over quite a period of time. Then I removed that scaffolding and, um, and I made each chapter a venue, a concert, and then chose to have this fictitious band, um, lead us through through the book i loved how you did that i loved that so many of the so many of the songs are from my decade too the 70s um and the little snippets of music joan baez janice ian i also used to dream about a famous singer inviting me up on the <laughs> stage and and i sang many of those songs i used to be a musician uh, i loved that part so so i totally recognize the genre can you say something about it 70s music well i mean um that's what i listen to you know i i'm not a spring chicken and uh, so of course when we were growing up you know the radio was a huge thing um that's a lot of what um was our entertainment and so i would listen to you know casey Kasem top 40 and then as i got older and fm you know came along i you know got into a lot of rock and roll you know led zeppelin and janice joplin and you know so all of those all of those bring memories to me and and actually the other part of it is that you know traditionally um, in many native cultures, you know, ceremony is a combination of music and storytelling and art, and it involves community. And that's kind of what, you know, some of the best concerts are in a way. Mm-hmm. You leave there feeling like you experience something. Um, and the I, I feel like the combination of of this of the stories in this book, combine it with the music if on my website there is a uh the university of new mexico who published this they created a playlist and there's a spotify playlist or you can just go to um well you know i'm not trying to you know uh, promote anybody but there's a playlist there if you look up the half white album and then when i launched the book i actually had um i have a band and we've done about three different shows um with a with a full band Right, because there's a band. Wow, that's so interesting. So, okay, so we meet, let's talk about the character, a few of the characters. We can't talk about them all, but we meet Ruth early on. She comes up often, but at first she's 10 10 years old, running away from the missionary school. It's a powerful story. Can you talk about the missionary schools? Yeah, I mean, that story is placed at the beginning because truly, you know, that's where it all begins is with our mothers and um, being Dene, um, my clan is, is my, my mother's clan, my, my mother's 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 clan. So even though I never got to meet my grandmother, um, I always, cause she passed before I was born. I always thought how 
how awful it would have been to have had your children taken from you and sent to boarding school and be told that you were not capable of raising them. And then every time you see them, they're different. They, they look different, they act different, they speak a different language. Um, and so that book really is the opening to the entire book. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Ruth, uh, the fictitious, and that that story is is fiction based on what I I wanted to have a story with the point of view of that of that woman who would have been my grandmother during that time period. It would in this case would have been the you know early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ruth, of course, then moves on into our contemporary times, right? So she she grows up. And <laughs> okay, we she, won't talk about that now. We'll, okay. we'll get back to Ruth. Um, tribal myths and stories are interspersed throughout the book. Can you talk about how you learn them and what they mean for you? Well, okay, so just um, so these aren't these are stories that I created. These are these are my this is the being from a culture where assimilation, the assimilation process was done, I was raised not only in the in as an urban native, but as a suburban native. Oh. <laughs> you know, I, um, I was not raised um, on the Deneta. My mother moved out into this world, I call it, and um, married my father, who was Anglo, um, and so she we we didn't learn um a lot of our traditional stories because of assimilation um and so this is really my story this is my creation story these aren't these aren't traditional stories these are <laughs> the stories i made up that i tell myself and like i said sort of as a as a ceremony for me and maybe for others too who knows it touches other people um to to provide me those um those things you know that are very important animal stories and um stories about i think there's one a uh, little snippet of a story in one of them about vanity mm-hmm. <laughs> when you ma'i the coyotes he's good at teaching about vanity and um yeah but the, but don't the, these are all mine these are not traditional stories i i've that i created something i didn't realize that i thought you were bringing up tradition wow you invented but yes. they, they said they could have passed you know they could have passed so you well, also i mean up- really they are they do pass because i i am native there you go there you go <laughs> um you also bring up roses trees ghosts and home also themes that weaved through the stories is there a connection for you to any of those and i'm saying i I heard the ghosts and what were the other three roses come up trees Uh trees the ghosts and home Uh uh-huh well home yeah home i think is probably the biggest theme in the that kind of holds the book together um, you know, as you you probably saw the threads of mother and daughter are really what kind of hold the collection together. And of course, home is traditionally for me, um, mother, you know, I, I can never be lost because 
I know who my mother's mother's mother was, even though I never got to meet them. But then home is also a place, you know, there's a there's a home in the book that that features prominently that old uh, ranch style house. Home is also maybe a state or a city. Uh, most of these are set in um, in sort of the Albuquerque area. Um, some set on the Deneta, also known as the Navajo Reservation. And then, of course, I think home is the body, you know, um, and trying trying to find that place where we feel at home with ourselves. And a lot of the characters are grappling with that, um, with that sense of having to make tough decisions, maybe having been, having lost their home or everything's changing around them. Things that everybody goes through, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and then as far as roses go, I didn't realize that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that roses played a, um, but it's funny how I love when other people see things in the book and then they show it to me because your mind, when you create things, um, it makes connections for you sometimes that that you don't, um, you aren't really trying to do, but um, you get, get lucky sometimes. Yeah. Um, there's a story about bringing a casino to Soaring Eagle, and that was uh -huh. before casinos dotted the landscape, it seemed like, in the beginning. Can you say more? Yes, you know, um, well, you know, when I, I was born and raised here in New Mexico, and of course, I moved away for a while, and when I came home, yeah, there were casinos everywhere, and and I saw some of the good things that come from it which is uh, jobs, um, clinics, schools um, that have, especially here on uh, in New Mexico, we have, you know, Pueblo tribes, uh, 19 Pueblo tribes, and many of them have just really blossomed because of this and been able to get some more autonomy because of it. Um, but then you also see the other side, um, the side that gambling can be an addiction just like anything else. And so that story... Um, Little Wing it was my way of looking at both sides of it. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at it from the traditionalist sense, uh, Tini Chalili, and then also from Simon Begay's uh, point of view, who is the chapter president. And he's, he's, he thinks he's trying to do what's best for the, for the uh, tribe as well. So yeah, it was so that I could could grapple with both sides of it. And um, yeah, and, and I think that's what's important in life is to try and see the point of view of other people, even though they may not have the same point of view as you. Yeah. Several stories mentioned sneaking into cemeteries to bury people or things. <laughs> what intrigues you about that? Well, I mean, part of some of so some of the stories in there are nonfiction, and um, oh. and so yeah, so so uh, my mom, you know, she um, she, you know, said that where she wanted to be placed was um, in a in a very old cemetery where her parents are placed, and uh, that cemetery isn't is closed. Um, and so, you know, she wasn't terribly concerned with how I was going to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of, it was a little bit of a, I don't want to say a joke between us, but um, I think there's a line in, in the book where only, only a, a Navajo like her would joke about 
um, burning a body and sneaking around with it, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because that uh, it, it isn't traditional. Um, Navajos don't traditionally uh, believe in cremation. Uh, so okay. that that kind of put us on a, another yeah side of okay. the of a spectrum, to, not a spectrum, but um, that that's not a traditional thing. Um, Irby Shorty, he was supposed to be the next great leader of their band of Dine. Does that mean the uh, is also the same word for Navajo as a different word? Can you explain yes, it? Dine is the uh is what we call ourselves. Navajo okay. Navajo is actually the word that was given to us, just like Cherokee or you know, Sandia, Pueblo here, you know. So that that that's the name that we call ourselves, the Dine, which means the people. Okay. Um, yeah. And so yeah, that he that story was written because um, you know, a lot of the stories in here are written. You talked earlier about about ghosts and ghosts sometimes too are people not not just you know spirits that may haunt us i don't know if anybody else feels that way or not but um but also things that haunt us feelings that haunt us things that maybe never got laid to rest and so for me that particular story was about um uh a, a Navajo gentleman, a Diné gentleman, young man who who died of AIDS, and um, I didn't want him to be forgotten. I didn't want because during that time period, so many people were forgotten because of shame, because of whatever, um, and so I felt the way of giving him power was to say he was supposed to be the the next great leader of our band of the Diné. That meaning the ba that a band would be this group of, of us, this family that has been created that lives here now in this urban setting. Um because you know it there are families that live not on the reservation who live in cities, right? And we mm -hmm. uh yeah. So that that's what that story is about. Two two things there. Uh-huh. Um, and what, another story, Joe does an eagle dance. Simon yeah. turns into an eagle and a convocation of eagles show up for Teeny and Joe. So can you talk about what it, do eagles have a special meaning? Oh, well, I mean, of course, I think, yeah, you know, even even to non-native people, um, eagles are very powerful um, being spirit. Um creature they're beautiful um but yeah so there are there are traditionally you know eagle dances um and then if you you know if you go to uh say a powwow which is not a ceremony but you go to a powwow and you see the eagle dances they're just they're beautiful and it's how people can create this dance that where they inhabit um they inhabit the spirit of the animal and in this case you know the eagle in in my mind anyway, um, the eagle is what takes the prayers to the creator. And so there that's that's kind of the the idea behind uh, behind that, you know, to mm -hmm. soar to, um and bring good thoughts, I guess you could say, or at least these these hopes uh to their creator. Yeah. Jeannie J is another character who shows up several times. She uh recalls her aunt telling her not to let anyone know she's Navajo, but more than that, 
she shouldn't let anyone know that she's lesbian. Can you say a bit more about Jeannie and what her aunt requires of her? Well, so Jeannie J is actually the lead singer in the fictitious band, the Nom- um, yeah, the Nomads. Um, and so, uh, not the Nomads, um, the the covers. That's the name of the fictitious band. Um, so she, you know, each little band member has said something about the venue before. And in that particular one, um, she's recalling that. And that, you know, I think really what it is, is that she, her auntie told her, don't let anybody know you're Navajo, which is um, actually something my aunt told me one time. (laughs) And I'm not really sure why, um, but I would imagine because you know, there there is such a stick. There was such a stigma and such prejudice against Native people that she figured it might be better for me if people didn't know. <laughs> Maybe to protect, to protect I you. I mean, you know, that's just the thing, and it goes throughout the book. Is that not only are the characters cryptic, but um, you know, I get. I think I come from a family that's somewhat cryptic, and so you're always supposed to try and figure things out, and never instead of just asking why, you know. But but then Jeannie J was like, well, that you know, that doesn't bother me as much as being found out as a lesbian, because again, that is also another. That is a group of people um, that is uh, has prejudice against them, and maybe mm-hmm. you're better off people not knowing it, whether it's your job or whatever, your neighbors, who knows? Um, so th- there's a lot of hiding that goes on in this book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so okay. a lot of the characters are also hiding who they truly are and and for various reasons. And of course, that's what kind of brings some of the discord um, for characters is that they're having to hold on to things that you know, they may damage that secret that um, Ruth, Ruth is in that story with her daughter. Um, and she's been holding on to something for a long time. Mm-hmm. A secret. Um, yes, she has. Um, and then in one final story I want to talk about, a pair of twins say they've been banished from the Dinata because the brother's gay and the sister's lesbian. Uh-huh. Well, is homos- how is homosexuality viewed? in the tribe well you know um because of acculturation there there still is quite a bit of prejudice against homosexual people transgender people um i can't speak for every single tribe and i can't speak for every single dene person um but you know same-sex marriage is not recognized um by the Navajo Nation yet mm. and um they we are one of the largest tribes in the country and so you know I think that, that speaks volumes but I also within that story you know the the twin says you know we told our mother you know because they're hiding from their mother also <laughs> these mythical creatures are or not creatures um mythical um characters are are hiding from their mother as is the the other character and um they said we told our mother you know about the powerful nadle nadle is a very what what um homosexual people were called and they had a special place in the tribe um and so she said yes but we don't live in the past and so 
you know, again, that sort of connects to the whole story is that so much of the past, not just um, for Ruth and her daughter and for Shem and the world that has to be lived in now. Um, and so that that's what that where that story comes from. <laughs> mm. So yeah. uh, one final question. What are you working on next? Well, I'm working on a novel that's set here in Albuquerque, and it has um, similar themes, except that it's really, you know, not at all like this. Although there is actually there is a chapter in this book that is an excerpt from that from the novel. It's um, in the book. It's called um, Best Days of My Life. And um, so it's about five women who played basketball together when they were young. And uh, now flash forward to the present day, um, they're kind of grappling not only with the loss that they had years and years ago on the court, which was pretty devastating, but really is a reflection of the losses they had in their life. And so they're they're trying to formulate ways to get back together and, and have a rematch of Ooh. this last game. Oh, yeah. that sounds good. Wow. <laughs> Well, yeah. I wish you the best of luck on um, on the Half White album and on the work in progress. Thank you so much for joining me today, Cynthia. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for joining me. Again, this is G.P. Gottlieb, author of the Whipped and Sipped Mystery Series and host for New Books and Literature, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. Today, I've been talking to Cynthia Sylvester about her story collection, The Half White Album. Hope you all have something great to read tonight, and always, happy reading.